Merkel Media. Hey everyone, before we get into this week's show, I just want to remind you, I've been talking about it a lot, but I am moving to Tennessee this month in April, which means that if there's an issue with the show, if a show doesn't show up on time, or if the audio, if there's something wrong with the audio and it's not being fixed, that's why, because I'm out of office. I may not even have internet when I get to the new house right away, so in order to fix the things, may not be an actual option. So just bear with me, have some patience. I don't think there's going to be any issues or hiccups this month, but if there is a hiccup, that's why, because I'm moving to Tennessee. Tennessee and I literally don't have internet to even fix it if I wanted to. So just some patience, just in case there's an issue, but I don't think there will be. Let's get to this week's show. This was all circulating around the base that a giant had been killed, but no one was supposed to talk about it. I saw three long bony fingers reach up underneath the door, curl up to grab it, and then disappear. When he came over to me, Dude, he slithered over to me. And this giant comes out of the cave and they're all frozen. And he starts running and firing at this giant. Well, the giant moves. He's got a spear in one hand and he's running really fast and spears Dan and holds him up like this. Somebody yells, shoot him in the face, shoot him in the face. They basically decapitate him. Got closer, got closer, got closer. When he got about 15 yards away from me, I raised that 12 gauge and I blowed his head off. I feel something pulling at my leg. And I look over and there are two small gray entities pulling at me. And they're literally, I'm getting pulled off the bed. I reached my hand into this bush and I touched air. Couldn't breathe and I couldn't move because I know I'm seeing a monster. Welcome to the show, everybody. You're listening to The Confessionals. I'm your host, Tony Merkel. Thanks for being here. If you have a crazy, wild experience you want to share with me on the show, go ahead and shoot me an email. My email address is theconfessionals at theconfessionalspodcast.com. That's theconfessionals at theconfessionalspodcast.com. Or go to the website, theconfessionalspodcast.com. Hit the contact section and you can reach me that way as well. Either way works for me. Just get a hold of me. If you want more shows on a weekly basis, go to theconfessionalspodcast.com, hit the join button and become a member. Members get access to Thursday shows, bonus shows every Thursday, plus Tuesday shows ad-free, access to overtime segments, and the ability to listen to all membership content on the Castos app. So if that interests you, go to theconfessionalspodcast.com, hit the join button and become a member. And if you want to be prepared, go to preparewiththeconfessionals.com. That's preparewiththeconfessionals.com. There you can get yourself emergency supplies food that will last up to 25 years on the shelf. So if by chance the inflation doesn't hit you, if by chance the shelves in your store don't ever go bare, you will have emergency supply food that will last up to 25 years on the shelf just in case over the next 25 years of your life, something happens where you might wish you had the extra food in your house. Go ahead and check that out. If you're interested, prepare with the confessionals.com. All right, friends, listen, 
We have a great show coming up for you this week. We have Cole coming on the show. And Cole talks about punching through the Reaper, seeing Shadow Men, UFOs. Had a good conversation with Cole. And I also feel like he might have had a 20 and back situation going on there. Actually, Cole's situation actually might tie into the whole new storyline that I've been dealing with on the side that is going to be a whole brand new podcast. You heard me talk about it before. It's interesting with what he had to say. And I just my ears perked up a lot but uh he calls it a long dream i think it might be more to it than just a simple long dream all right let's get to cole right now all right today we got cole on the show cole what's going on man Oh, not much, Tony. How you doing? Uh, doing good, doing good, man. So, uh, Cole, you're in Indiana, and you have three UFO encounters, all that somebody had seen it with you. And then you also have a Shadow Man encounter that I found interesting. So uh, let's get into it. Start sharing with us these UFO encounters and what you experienced, man. All right, cool. Yeah. Uh, all right. So I uh, obviously live in Indiana, and I, uh, I always said I live in the middle of nowhere. Because there's just cornfields and bean fields all around. We were the only house in the middle of this cornfield, and uh, so I had I was about eleven or twelve at this time, and my I invited two of my friends over, and we were we we got off the bus and we were at my house and my parents and my brother they weren't there it was just us, so uh, we were out there playing basketball in the driveway and shooting hoops, you know and. And we started hearing these, uh, fighter jets flying over. And there's a, there's actually, uh, an airbase, Grissom Airbase, that's like 40 minutes away from where I live. <clears throat> I think it's in Kokomo, Indiana. And, uh, yeah, we were, uh, <clears throat> so we were, uh, hearing these jets flying over and they sounded really, really low. And they just kept flying over. We kept hearing these two jets. They'd fly over, and then they'd turn around, fly right back over, and they were they sounded really close. And we kept – they probably did this like three or four times. And, uh, and then we didn't hear them for a couple minutes, and we're sitting there looking up in the sky looking for them. And the weird thing was we never saw these jets. They, they were uh, – <clears throat> They kept, they just uh, disappeared for a while. And we were sitting there and we, we were hearing something out in the field. And what, I don't know, it sounded like a hovering jet in the field, kind of, you know, that jet engine sound, that large rush of air just in the middle of the field. And so we're looking out in the field and we see the corn moving. And the, at this time, it was probably. I don't know, uh, August. So the corn was getting pretty high. So it was probably about four or five feet high at this time. And we saw, you know, this is the middle or this, you know, after school. So it's like four o'clock in the afternoon. And so we kept hearing this sound and we saw the corn moving. And then we could see this kind of slightly translucent thing look like a blob, translucent blob in the field. And we don't, we, we're just, our jaws are dropped and we're seeing this thing and 
we have no clue what is going on. And we're wa watching this for about a minute. And then all of a sudden, it launches this fireball out the side of it at a 45-degree angle right into the corn. And, you know, this thing is obviously only have, uh, hovering about, I don't know, 10 feet above the corn. It's, it's almost touching the corn, it looks like. And it launches that fireball out. And that thing is smoking and on fire. It's extremely bright. And it has so much smoke on it, and it goes into the corn, and all that smoke comes up around the the craft or whatever it was, and it lights it lights up the smoke, which the smoke then was it's hard to describe because the smoke was wrapping around the craft, and it had a sharp nose on it, and I thought. My first thought was like, oh, it's like an invisible jet or something, because that's all we could see, because the flame and the, the flame lit up the smoke, because the smoke was creating that shape around the craft, and it lit it up, and that's, and like, like, like I said earlier, it was almost invisible, it was translucent, and we could see it, and it, uh, so that thing, the fireball goes out, you know, the smoke is around the craft, and it lights up that edge of the craft, <laughs> and we're all looking at each other, and uh, and we have no idea what's going on. And, you know, we're kids, we're obviously freaking out and screaming by this point, you know, because there's nobody home, we don't know what to do. And then all of a sudden, there's this giant flash, It just it just basically blinded us all. And then, boom, nothing, that was it. It was over, the experience was over, and we, we had no clue what was going on. And for years, I always, you know, I always talked about this with some friends or family, and we, I would always call it the invisible jet, because I didn't, I had no concept for it. I wasn't into UFOs or anything like that when I was a kid. And I, you know, went to school and we told our friends at school, we're like, yeah, saw this invisible jet thing in the field that launched a fireball out of it. And, you know, obviously we got the, the looks, you know, from people that, you know, whenever you tell them this type of stuff, they think you're lying or they just think you're, it's some kind of pareidolia or whatever, you know, and it was just, and for years after that, I just, didn't think about it much and uh yeah it was just so strange yeah i mean i understand what it's like i mean the idea of telling people they're just like yeah okay you know uh what were you guys eating last night you know some little, yeah. little extra shrooms on the pizza yeah? so <laughs> <laughs> uh i i get it but do you think that this thing was military then i mean if, if there's a military uh base nearby and you heard the, the 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 fighter jets flying over, and then you have this experience. Do you think it was military, or do you think the military knew it was in the area and was trying to go after it? Oh, that's that's a good question because I for for my from my point of view, I thought it was military because just from those jets flying over, uh, they kept flying over, and and we have ne we just had no insight on what was going on but yeah i i unless i i also had that thought too like you said uh 
maybe they were chasing a UFO or something. And, and I don't, I, I really don't know. It's, that's the biggest question of all. I, but like I said, yeah, I, I think it's military and maybe there was, maybe they had some special cloaking technology that they were testing or something because I mean, Occam's razor suggests, you know, the most likely, uh, answer is probably the right answer. And yeah. Yeah. And it, it makes sense. I mean, when you have these experiences near the military bases, I mean, you can go down the thought process of these things are attracted to military bases and things like that. But, you know, there's a good chance that this was military and you actually saw it catch into action. Now, it it's a translucent blob is how you described it. And so right. I'm assuming then the only reason why you were even able to say that it was a translucent lucent blob is because the smoke made it visible when the fire happened. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. It, the smoke wrapped around it, around the front of it or the side of it, or whatever it was. That's what, and then the fire, which came out, you know, coming out of the fireball lit up that smoke and then the shape. And you could tell the shape of the craft because the smoke was wrapped around it. So before the, before the fire, you see this fireball did you see a craft before the fireball got shot out or was your first recollection of something going on is outside the fire jet or the fighter jets is that you saw a fireball basically shoot out of midair? We, we saw, yeah, we, we saw the translucent, uh, blob. Okay. It so was, you could see that still. Yeah. Yeah. We could see it. It was just, it was, you know, obviously I always hear the, the, explanation of oh it looked kind of like predator you know that cloaking tech that that predator movie it's kind of like that except it was even more clear than that it was way more translucent than what i you know saw in that movie okay sounds good man that's really interesting now the fire with the cornfield did that you know get big or did it kind of just go out no it instantly was gone it 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 looked uh like a what do you call those? Uh, <clears throat> what do you call those things that jets release in the sky? Those uh, flares. Yeah, that's what it looked like. But it was literally, you know, ten feet above the ground or above the corn. You know, it's right there, and it just came out the side of it. And they, yeah, the the flame and the smoke and everything. It it was only about two hundred feet away from us, and the flame when it went to the the cornfield, it just went out, and the smoke dissipated. And yeah, we didn't see any other fire than that. Did you hear any sounds with this thing or was it completely silent? Oh yeah, the sound. <clears throat> that's why we were looking in the field because it sounded like a kind of like a quieter jet engine in the field. That's what alerted us to look over there in the field and we you know, it sounded like a hovering jet, but it was maybe a quarter of that sound, you know, it just had that jet engine sound of air rushing. Yeah. Okay. So there was definitely a sound with it. That's interesting. You know, yeah. I, just this past Sunday, th this has nothing to do with what you just said. It just I just remembered it. And if I don't tell it now, I'll probably forget uh, in the future. But I, my dad and I had just got done finishing recording for uh, our other podcast. And we're going out the basement door. And uh, I see this really bright light in the sky that I hadn't seen before. It caught my eye. And what, what was that? You said last night? 
No, this was uh, a Sunday night. Sunday night. Okay. <laughs> so I um, we, I, I stop and I look at it and I'm like, Dad, you see that light? And he said, Yeah. It it hit the what was interesting was he and I did not see the same thing though. So with him, I said, "Do you?" I said, "Do you see the light?" He said, "Yes." And it was like if I moved my head side to side, the light would get. Uh, closer to the tree line that was in the foreground. So I knew it was closer to me than uh, the stars in the sky, which weren't having that effect when I would move my point of view. It, mm-hmm. This light was shooting off beam, what what seemed like rays of light on, in each direction, and they had a slight arc on it that if you looked at it, you could almost see maybe... It wasn't rays of light, but actually light going around a craft of some kind that was cloaking. Uh, but it was just sitting there still. And I, I took um, I took my my Sony camera out and I took a picture of it. And the camera that I have is really good for night photography. It really, it's really good. And so I, I took the a picture of it. And what I have on the picture is just a, a very bright light. There's nothing you know shooting off to the sides of it. And that's what I saw, but my dad, he didn't, he couldn't see the lights coming off the side of this bright light. And when I took a picture of it, you couldn't see it either. So it was an interesting experience. I don't know. Uh, I haven't even gone outside at night to see if the light's there. And if I, you know, was just mistaken that, you know, the light's always been there, but I don't think it was. And it seemed a lot closer to me than the stars in the sky. So just figured I'd share that because I knew if I didn't share it with you, I'd probably forget forever. So it's <laughs> yeah, now, it's now documented. Yeah, interesting thing about that that you just said that because my buddy I talked to a few months ago that was with me, uh, that was with us in when we saw that fireball thing. He also was saying the most the the most prominent thing that he remembers about that incident was the flash of light at the end that blinded us all and he he said that was probably the craziest part about it it was so intense and it just like i the blinding effect that it had on us it was just a really quick blinding effect and it was gone and i don't know what what that was about but he yeah he was definitely uh most intrigued by that part of the experience yeah, that blinding effect is interesting too. So it, it just shoots out like light and kind of like blinds you. Yeah, it didn't even look like it shot light out. It was just an instantaneous, everything was extremely bright and we were blinded for a couple seconds. And then everything was gone. The sound was gone. The the blob in the field was gone. Was it was it instantaneously gone as far as the sound goes? I mean, you you instantly just didn't hear anything. You didn't hear it like fly away off into the distance. It was just gone. Right. Yep. Just that flash of blinding light, and yeah, it was gone. It disappeared. No more sound. No more jets flying over us. Yeah. Wow. Interesting. I wonder what that was. The world may never know. So. <laughs> right. <laughs> so uh, all right, take us into the next experience, man. Yeah, um, this one's uh, this one's actually a little earlier. I forgot to tell you about this one. Is uh, I think I was about seven or eight around this time, and and this was like I had just lost a tooth. I remember this, and my mom's like, "Oh, you better put your tooth under the pillow because a tooth fairy is gonna come and 
you know, bring you some money. I was like, all right. So, and as, uh, obviously went to bed, put my tooth under the pillow and I'm sitting there, my, I'm laying there and my, I'm facing the window. My bed is facing the window so I could look outside and, and I saw this light in the distance and it was real tiny and it starts coming towards me outside, you know, and I see it slowly. It took a couple minutes to, to come close to my house and it got, it got pretty big. It got, I don't know, a couple feet in size and it comes and right when it gets into my window and touches the blinds of my window and enters my room, I instantly pass out and I fell asleep. I, that was, it was a really short experience, but I remembered it so well. It was just the weirdest thing. It's just this light entered my room and I, I passed out instantly, real comfortable sleep. <laughs> that's interesting. And how old are you when that happened? About seven or eight. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, um, my, my first thought that I go to is, you know, what happened after you passed out? Do you ever think about that? Yeah, it's, it's so weird. Yeah. I always have wondered that cause I, it's, it's a such, you know, a short little experience and that's why I've always been so skeptical about stuff like that. You know, I mean, what was it? Was, was somebody messing with me? You know, I, I really don't know. And I, it, maybe it could have been a dream. But, you know, I just, I remembered that real vividly because I was excited about the tooth fairy, you know, and, you know, not many times where you, I thought, I legitimately thought that was a tooth fairy. And that's why I fell asleep because I was like, oh, tooth fairy. And then boom, passed out. Man, I don't know, man. Uh, at seven, at seven years old, that happening. And then you had three UFO counters after that. It makes, it makes you wonder, you'd ever, you know, I don't know, found microchips underneath your skin or anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> no, no way. I, at least I don't think. I mean, I've never had any like major MRIs or whatever, but yeah, I don't think I, <laughs> that'd be nuts if I had any chips in me. All right. Well, maybe, uh, you know, self inspect every once in a while and uh, make sure you don't feel any unusual lumps. Uh, oh, check, my gosh, yeah. check underneath your breasts. No, it's <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, I know that Dr. John Lear was that, was that his name? Yeah. He, yeah, he did a lot of, I've seen, what was it? One of the documentary or something on a TV show with him. And he did a, looks like he did a lot of those, a lot of those, uh, surgeries to get little things or objects out of people. Yeah. And it's, it's documented, you know, pulling these objects out of people. I've talked to people who have the objects in them. Uh, I've seen x-rays, the people who I've talked to that it clearly shows the foreign object in their body, uh, yeah, it's, it's a real thing. And, you know, to date, nobody's really offered, I mean, people talk about this stuff, but the people, you know, in the government or something like that, science community, nobody offers a great explanation. They just ignore it and pretend it doesn't exist. And it does. Yeah. Yeah. There's uh, too many weird things that people have found in their bodies and wonder how they got there. Yeah. It's ridiculous. But, uh, all right. What's the next UFO experience? All right, so this one wasn't too long after that one uh, fireball incident. This was when I was 13 years old, and uh, my mom used to take me to school every morning because she worked. She had the, a job there in the same town where I went to school, 
and she had to be at work at the same time I had to be at school, which was pretty convenient for her. So we were driving, driving down the road one morning and, um, we saw, we saw this thing that looked like a, a bright star on the horizon, you know, and we're driving along and next thing you know, we're passing the star and it was, it looked like a, as big as a, like a basketball and it was right maybe 40 feet from the road. Right. And it was just hovering a few feet above a, a small tree. And we were both looking at it. Me and my mom were like, wow, you know, what is that? And, and we just drove right by it and we just, you know, went, I went to school and she went to work and that was it. It was another short experience. And, but there was also other people that had seen it that morning though. There, I had heard stories from other people in that area that had seen that UFO or UFOs around there. And this thing was as bright as, I always call it, it's as bright as a star, like as bright as an arc welder. Cause you could, it was so bright. You couldn't even really see the shape of it. You know, it had that bright whitish blue light and yeah, it was just hovering right above a little, a small tree. And the tree was only about 20 or 30 feet tall. And it was just right above that tree. And we passed it on the road, you know, and we had, we had to be places and we didn't stop, which I, you know, always regret these things, you know, but, you know, back in the day, you know, I'm 31 now and obviously being, you know, it was probably about 2003. We didn't have our cameras or camera phones and stuff to take pictures or, you know, record anything like that. And I, you know, I, we didn't, we weren't, we're obviously not rich people. We, you know, we lived in the middle of nowhere in a little country house in the middle of a cornfield. So obviously uh, we, we didn't have a lot of money back then i don't know man you country folk tend to be richer than you believe than you expect or you tend to be richer than you lead on because the life experience of those living in rural america uh outweigh a lot of things money can buy i'll tell you that much i i grew up i know what you're talking about though i mean i grew up out in rural pennsylvania very poor uh and and you you know you know your poor kind of situation, but uh, the lifestyle and what it offers to live out in the middle of nowhere is also something that uh, I'm still trying to get back to. I, I'm I'm strongly considering moving out of the Philadelphia area, strongly considering moving out of Pennsylvania and moving to um, another state. Let's put it that way. So, <laughs> oh yeah, I don't blame you. Yeah. <laughs> Let's take a second to talk about our sponsor for today, which is HelloFresh. Hello, good food. With HelloFresh, you get fresh farm ingredients, pre-portioned ingredients, and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip the middleman, which is the grocery store, and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable especially the affordable part. We like that. And that's why it's America's number one meal kit company. Now, let me tell you, friends, HelloFresh is a company I've been talking about for, I'd say, about two years or so, and I absolutely love them. They send us great food. I 
personally endorse them because I use them. In fact, they actually contacted me and asked me if I could uh, sample some of their new recipes. And I'm like, absolutely. But I'm moving to Tennessee. So you got to wait till I get to the new house before you send that because I don't want the people buying my house to get my HelloFresh. So uh, friends, listen, it's very convenient. You're going to save a lot of money because you're not going to be buying ingredients for food at home where you're like, oh, I need five onions and you only needed two and a half onions and you wind up throwing the rest away, wasting money. Nobody can waste money these days. And that's why it's important to have HelloFresh because they will send you the exact recipes and you will save money at the grocery store. And that is a great deal. So right now, the best deal is go to HelloFresh.com slash confessional 16 and use code confessionals 16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. That's HelloFresh.com slash confessional 16 and use the code confessional 16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. It's a great deal. If you haven't done it by now, I don't know what you're waiting for, but you really should consider it. Go to HelloFresh.com slash confessional 16 right now. But yeah, that's an interesting experience and the fact that other people saw it as well. Was it that other people at school saw it as well or is it more like other people on their commutes to work saw it and they reported to like, I don't know, the local news or something? I didn't hear anything about the local news, but my mom said she had heard from her uh, her coworkers or something that they had seen it. And and I honestly, I've, I've talked to her about it and she just goes, yeah, I remember. And we really haven't like gone through like every detail about it. But, you know, that being such a short experience too, there's... You know, a lot of people around here, they, they they don't even believe in a lot of this stuff. I don't, like most people, I guess, they make fun of it. And it's hard to even talk about it, you know, like regular people, because they're just uh, so reluctant to, you know, tell each other. Do you think it's still like that in that, in that area? Because I, I've noticed in my area where I'm at, uh, people are, are more open to the idea of UFOs and stuff because of what's been coming out in the mainstream media over the last few years. Uh, but you know, what, what's it like in your area? Is it still kind of more like, yeah, we don't believe that stuff exists. It's, it's like hit or miss. You either got people that are just like, Oh yeah, I've seen this or I watched some UFO show and blah, blah, blah. Or then it's other people who just, they don't have anything to say about it. They just, you know, you tell them, a, you tell them a story and they're just like, Oh, cool. And they don't have any questions. They don't go, do you think it was, you know, aliens or do that you think it was this or that, you know? Yeah. It's, it's really hit or miss with people around here. And I, I, I do see the, the stigma of it, uh, you know, slowly becoming, you know, less stigmatized as I could say. Yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe I don't know. Maybe I'm in a different boat because I, I am who I am. So, like I was telling you before we started recording, I was talking to uh, a guy at the phone repair store about you know my trip to Kentucky, and he's like, "What are you going down there for? Hunting the dog, man?" And he's like, "What?" You know. <laughs> so, I, I just talk about the stuff, and maybe that's why I feel like people are more open because I'm living my own little world and. I uh, assume people actually want to talk about the stuff when I bring it up, but um, yeah, it's it's interesting, and that's an interesting experience. Uh, so that was the second one. Uh, the, the third one, I believe you said your friend called you to tell you that 
something was going on at, at your house, right? Yeah. Yeah. This was really weird. Yeah. He, uh, he was, we were, I think it was about a sophomore or junior in high school. And it was probably like nine o'clock at night. The, the sun had just gone down and I was at home about, I think I just got done eating dinner or something. And yeah, he calls me up and he's like, Hey man, you know, there's, there's UFOs over your house. I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, dude, go outside, go outside. I'm like, I was even questioning that. I'm like, yeah, right, dude. It's, you're probably seeing stars, you know, he's just, you know, he said, just go outside. So I go outside and I'm still on the phone with him and I look up in the sky and there's these five large orange balls in the sky and they weren't super bright, but they weren't super dim either. And the, the, they were, they made a perfect shape too. So if you think of five, uh, orange, dots that making a w shape like a perfect w shape if you can you know if you connect the dots and and it was there for at least five or ten minutes and they maybe was a mile away maybe a couple miles it's really hard to judge distance because there was no they were uh i don't know how to probably like 30 degrees 40 degrees above the horizon and they were just this perfect shade of orange. And the weird thing was, uh, one light would go out and then it would appear on the other side of the set of five. And, and they were always equally distant apart. They, they didn't move in the sky. It didn't go left or right. It's, they would just stay lit up and one would appear on the other side. And then one would like go out in the middle and then one would replace that spot where it was just, yeah, it was just really strange. I, I never heard of anybody really talking about lights like this where one would go out and come back on in a different spot, equally distant apart. And the, the lights themselves, they were pretty big. They weren't like a plane light. These things were, like probably uh i'd say 20% the size of the moon in the sky they were pretty big and yeah it was it was another strange event and me and, you know i was talking to my friend the whole time on the phone and he he were he thought they were over my house cuz they looked just as big to him so for all i know they could have been miles further than what i thought or they could have been closer cuz i i have no clue how to judge that distance yeah, that's interesting. So it, it shapes in a W then. So like one light would move or go out and then it would appear on the other side. Still can, still forming a W though. Yeah. Yeah. I think it would, yeah, it'd be like a W shape. And then when one light would go out and appear on the other side, I think it would make an M shape. I think if that's how, yeah, if you take one point of, of that, of that dot of a w i don't know it's it's hard to explain because it's you know you're connecting the dots and they're it's making a w shape right yeah i think it would make an m shape but yeah it was just so weird how one would go out and then just instantly appear on the other side and it wasn't like they were uh they would it was like going out real slowly too one would go out real slow and then appear on the other side kind of slow you know, just like slowly uh, brighten when it when it would reappear on the other side, and it 
it didn't move that far in the sky. Actually, it didn't, like I said, it didn't shift at all. It didn't go up or down or left or right. One would just disappear slowly and then all of a sudden be on the other side. Yeah, and the colors were, it was just like, uh, what was it? It'd be like the color of Venus, you know, except that, that kind of, but it was much dimmer than Venus when you see that in the sky, you know, that orange, nice orange color. Yeah. So, um, I'm actually, when you were talking about it, I was sketching it on my, my iPad here to just kind of visualize it and I can see what you're talking about. Did, did it go straight though? I mean, when, like, say, um, say, say one light would, would disappear and then it would appear again on the other side. Uh, so if forming the M, so that, that tells me then that if it's, if it's forming an M on the other side, it'd be like, say the top, top left point of a w would disappear and then would appear on the bottom right side forming that m is that how it went yeah that's exactly how to explain it yep yep that's it's weird right i mean i don't i don't understand why it would do that you'd think it would make some random shape because it's moving in the sky but yeah one light at the top left of that w yeah would disappear and then reappear on the bottom right and uh yeah make that m shape okay do you think, do you, did you get a sense that this was multiple crafts doing this or do you think it was one craft doing this? Uh, what, do you, what what was your sense when you saw it? I thought it was multiple because I could see the stars behind it. It was, you know, nice and dark out. So I could see everything behind it through, you know, through the W shape or whatever. I could see everything around it and yeah, just one light would go out and appear on the other side. And yeah, I, I don't understand. It would be cool if it was, it'd make more sense if it was uh, just one ship because it's, it's symmetrical the way the lights would go out. And, but from what I saw, it looked like there was multiple objects. Yeah, that's interesting. That's interesting. Uh, I, one, one last question about this though. Um, did when when it would appear like so say it would disappear on one side appear on the other side did it ever seem like it was it was arcing or anything or was it just going like straight across the sky in that kind of formation oh it wasn't even moving at all it stayed in that one spot of the sky the whole time it uh it just was stationary in the sky and didn't move at all it even uh my buddy could, you know, he's telling me, he's like, why are the lights going out? You know, we're on the phone the whole time. And I'm just like, I don't know. I, I see the same thing you're seeing. It's just in one spot. And yeah, eventually after maybe five minutes, it just slowly dissipated and disappeared. There was nothing left in the sky. There was no streaks across the sky or anything. It just, everything, all the lights went out one by one and it was gone. And I know I've heard some people say they were like, oh, maybe you're seeing Chinese lanterns or something. It's like, no, those things, I like, I like Chinese lanterns every year myself during 4th of July. And those things can float, you know, pretty good. You can see them cruising real slow across the sky. And it did have a similar glow to it, like a Chinese lantern, if you, you know, that orange color. But yeah, there was, uh, there was no movement to it at all. It didn't, float in the wind and didn't do anything these objects were just stationary in the sky and like i said one would disappear and then reappear on the other side perfectly symmetrical from each other so when say the top left 
light of the W disappears and reappears on the bottom right, forming the M. When that bottom right light disappeared, uh, it would go back to the top left. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. Sometimes it it did that during that experience, uh, and it seemed like it did that several times, where one light at the top or bottom would go out and then reappear on the other side, and then it did seem like it it just moved maybe a couple sets of lights. Or <laughs> it's so weird to explain. Uh, yeah, it couple lights distant from each other to the right and it seemed like it maybe moved back left just by one light or a couple lights to the left but yeah it was just the uh, it was like a weird light show in the sky and you know i i lived in the middle of nowhere there's you know you can see everything at night there's no the city you can see city lights you know 10 10 15 miles away and yeah it's uh, it was a pretty clear night that night Man, for living out in the middle of nowhere, there's a lot of action-packed stuff going on out there, man. Fireballs coming out of translucent UFOs in the cornfields and and WMs popping up in the sky and, you know. Sp- yeah, so weird, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it it's part it's part of this process. And it, it seems like being so close to a military... Are you still close to that military base? Oh, and yeah, I live in the just a probably five minutes away from where I grew up and it, okay. yeah, it's probably about 45 minutes away from my house. And we always see the, the a 10 warthogs. They fly over like every month or two and you can hear them. They're, they're not very high in the sky when they, when they do their runs. And I've seen plenty of flares. They, they've dropped some flares at night. It looks really cool. And you can see the flares for miles, you can see the smoke trails off the flares, even in the middle of the night when they're dropping flares, you can see those, the, the smoke trails and the flares itself from like 10, 15 miles away, if not more. Wow. Yeah. I, I have military, uh, fly over my house a lot and, uh, I don't have military around me, so I'm convinced that they're coming from me. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) But, um, yeah, it's interesting stuff, man. So let's move into the uh, the Shadow Man experience that you had then. Uh, you're 20 years old when this happened. Take it away, man. So yeah, I was uh, about 20 years old and I was living, I was still living with my parents at the time. And uh, I was sleeping like usual and I woke up, it was probably five in the morning and my door was open. And the, there's a spare bedroom that was across the hallway and the light was on in there. And I'm, you know, I sit up and I'm looking, I'm like, why, what's going on? You know, why is the light on in the other room? And why am I, why, you know, why is my door open and everything? And all of a sudden I see this just massive, I called it a reaper lady. It was just this massive, super skinny reaper lady completely black clothes skin tight black reaper cloak and it stopped right in front of my door and is looking in the spare bedroom and i just uh, i just started freaking out immediately i uh i curled up and i'm just looking and i closed my i, I didn't close my eyes yet but i saw that thing it was so tall, you know, seven and a half feet tall. It had to bend under the doorway 
under the top of the doorway to walk into the other room and it walked into that other room and that's when I closed my eyes and I'm like, dude, this isn't real. This is fake. You know, this, this, this is my, I'm dreaming or something. And, and I, I waited probably five seconds and I opened my eyes and this black reaper is just a foot away from my face. And then that's when I instantly went paralyzed and it was like all the fear it was just so much fear. I've never felt fear like that in my life. It was, it was, uh, I, I call it a fear gasm because it was so much fear that it physically hurt and it felt like this reaper was like sucking something out of me or putting something in me. And it was so much fear and, uh, I uh, just terror that I I tried pushing as hard as I could to get out of this paralyzed state that I rolled, I got my arm, I could start feeling my arm, and I put my I lifted my arm and put my arm punched right through this reaper and it instantly disappeared. And I got up and I ran out of my room and my my mom and dad were getting ready for work and I was telling them you know, this thing was in my room, you know, and I instantly, I drew it on a piece of paper, scrap piece of paper. And I'm, I'm not a good artist and it. It just looked just like a blob I drew on the paper. And I told my mom and dad and they're just like, you know, they had no clue. And they've always had like little weird things happen in their house, you know, especially with the nieces, the, well, my nieces, their, their grandkids, they come over and they would just be standing there. You know, they would look into the kitchen and be like, Hey, who's that old lady, you know, or something like that or waving or, you know, doing something. And it was, yeah, that I had never, I've had a uh, sleep paralysis before twice when I was younger probably once when i was 10 and once when i was 12 or something and both those those first two times i had sleep paralysis nothing happened i just woke up one in the midnight you know in the middle of the night and was just paralyzed couldn't move didn't see anything wasn't wasn't necessarily afraid i just was like oh man this this sucks i'm paralyzed and then i just got up the strength to start moving moving again and that was it and then but yeah when i was about 20 out and had that experience with the the reaper lady it i've never even had i've never even had anything like that happen again i've never i haven't had sleep paralysis since then that's what i call it because it's, I'm still skeptical about it because this is just too incredible for me to believe. You know, I'd rather just say it was sleep paralysis because, but I mean, I was moving around before I did go paralyzed though, which is the weird part. Cause I, I sat up and I saw, you know, the Reaper in front of my door looking in the other room. And then that's when I curled up and I, you know, but yeah, that's that's why I I don't know I I'm still very skeptical about this whole experience. But it, I never had that much fear and a terror in my life. Do you think that 
I mean, all right. So this happened at a time of day then that was early morning, though. I mean, your parents were getting ready for work. So, I mean, it had to be what, at least six o'clock in the morning? Yeah, it was about five, five a.m., five, five or six. Yeah. Do you think that if your parents were in the room with you when this happened, they would have saw it too? Or do you think this was something that was only meant for you? I don't know. I don't, I don't know if they would have seen it because I mean, it was extremely real for me. I, I, I saw everything. I saw the skin, skin tight cloak cloak that the Reaper was wearing. This thing was so skinny and its arms were, almost to its knees and I, it was just completely black and I could see the wrinkles in its cloak. I could see the really long hood it's wearing, but if my parents, I don't, I really don't know if my parents would have seen it. You know, they were on the other side of the house, you know, getting ready for work. And, uh, yeah, I, I really don't know if they would have seen it. <laughs> Yeah, it's interesting because I, I, I you kind of caught me off guard when you said that they were getting ready for work because I was like, oh, I, I, for some reason, you know, I'm thinking this is a one, two, three o'clock in the morning. Everybody's asleep in their beds and stuff. But this thing uh, was supposedly walking around the house when your parents were getting ready for work. So, I mean, it, it seems like they would have saw something too, right? If, if, it, if it was something that was, you know, there for everybody. Yeah, I I really wish it was, you know. That's 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 the worst part about this story, you know. It's you know, there's no witnesses to this one and that's why my skepticism is pretty high about it. It's it's just the most it's it's so weird. It's just the most fearful I've ever felt. It it was like almost I don't know how to explain. I've never had a seizure, but it's if I ever had one that's what it would have felt like to me if i had a seizure and it was just pure fear that's that's what it that's what i would uh be explain it as that's yeah interesting uh and as far as the punching through the reaper uh is that something that you were thinking through before you did it or was were you planning on actually punching the thing or were you just like freaking <laughs> out i mean uh I mean, you, yeah. you go right, you, your hand goes right through it. You punch right through it. I mean, what, what was your reaction to that? I was ready to fight this thing. You know, <laughs> this thing was in my face. It was a foot away from my face, if not closer. I was, I was really ready to just beat the crap out of whatever this thing was. Cause at that point, having that much terror go through me, I was, that's why I wanted to punch it. You know, I was I was I had lost all reason and I was ready to just go after this thing, get it out of the house. You know, I this was a you know, it was real for me and whatever this was, be it a shadow person, a reaper thing, or some people have probably called them aliens or something, interdimensional somethings. But yeah, I don't yeah, I was I was ready to take it out. <laughs> yeah. I get it, man. I get it. I actually uh, just recently broadcast a show for the members and this guy shared similar attitudes when it came to uh, the aggressive nature to back towards it. Uh, he he and his brother went through um, some experiences together in his brother's house and it got to the point where his brother actually 
chased after and jumped at one of these grays. And when, when he did, I, I think if I remember correctly, he kind of just woke up, you know, <laughs> like, like yeah. w- woke up on the stairs or something. It's like, what happened? You know, like he, he doesn't remember after jumping at it, but even uh, Ryan, he, he got physical with these things as well. And so I, I guess there's a certain that it's the, the classic, you know, fight or flight kind of thing. I mean, are you going to hide under your covers and, and put your head underneath the pillow, or are you going to swing at it and try to get it to stop that way? And I think there's, there's those two reactions. And most of the time people wind up flighting over fighting, but yeah, clearly you wanted to, to be a swinger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was afraid of it, but whatever it was doing to me was making me feel like I was afraid. Yeah. Yeah. I, I get it, man. I get it. So, all right. Well, listen, there's, there's those experiences and, uh, let's just touch on the dream just a little bit. I, I didn't prime people for it. We don't need it, you know, cause I know the, the memories are very foggy, but at least mm-hmm. tell people about the odd concepts of the dream that you had. Uh, I think you said you were 14, I think, or something like that. Uh, yeah. but, uh, yeah, go ahead and tell them why it's such an odd dream. Okay. So yeah, I was, this was when I was probably a freshman in high school and I went over to my buddies to stay the night. You know, he lived on a old farm and there was no animals or stuff on it. It was just an old, uh, fa- the farm was falling apart and all that. And <clears throat> so I, uh, went to sleep that night at his house and th- I just had this most incredible long dream. I, for me, it felt like it was, I was in the dream for 10 years or more. The, it had a beginning, it had a middle, had an end. But yeah, right now, like the memories of it are foggy. I could tell you the, by the end of the dream, I was in my twenties running some little store, you know, and then when I woke up, I was back to being 14 years old again. And it, I was so, uh, I don't know. It, it was just, it felt like this incredible feeling of being back, being young again, you know, crept over me. And I just, I went, I told him, I told his, uh, family about it. I'm like, Oh my God, I had the longest dream. And, I was on this adventure, you know, of just crazy stuff going on. And it wasn't, you know, it wasn't aliens. Like I told you before, it wasn't aliens. I didn't see that it was more, it was like kind of like zombies in the, in this dream. There was, you know, at the beginning of the dream, all of a sudden there's this crowd of zombie like people that they would grab you and just absorb your life force or something. And then throughout the dream, me and my friends, we were on bicycles because we, we didn't have any cars or whatever. We were 14 and we were just traveling around trying to get away, trying to find a spot to hide, you know, and we would go through these strange places. You know, I even went, I remember part of the dream where we went to, uh, we found this, old building and in the basement we found this these old uh uh looks like somebody was experimenting on the zombies because they had body parts on tables with 
spikes in them so that the body parts wouldn't uh, move around, you know, because these body parts were still moving around and, you know, uh, you know, nuts and screws in them to tighten down to the table so they wouldn't move around. And we were, you know, like, holy crap, this this ain't a good place. And, you know, but yeah, it was just the weirdest thing to have a dream that lasted so long. And when I first had it, I could remember a lot of it. You know, it's been about what 17 years now (laughs) since I had that dream. And obviously everyone knows you don't remember all your dreams, you know, some, even the best uh, people that can recall their dreams still don't remember, you know, most of their dreams, unless they, one of those people that write them down every day and, but I really, I don't even know anybody that actually writes their dreams down, but yeah, it's, yeah, it's pretty strange having it, having a long dream like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's strange. <laughs> um, I'm just, I, I'm not saying I believe this. In mm-hmm. fact, I err on the side of, no, I, I don't, but I'm going to say it because I know there's a lot of people thinking it right now. Have you ever thought about the idea of an ongoing lifelong, uh, alien abduction situation with your life and let me just lay it out for you okay and like i said i i personally i'm not feeling like this but i'm bringing it up because it's my job uh you have that that bright light you get passed out seven years old three ufo encounters uh and very very much different in each account but nevertheless ufo encounters and we could talk about the uf the, the military base and things like that um and then you have this Reaper experience, which you even yourself, I think you somehow described it uh, or relating it to the idea of alien or something. Uh, mm-hmm. And then you have uh, these dream, this this long dream, uh, the idea of twenty and backs uh, comes. Oh to- God! That's, yep, that's exactly what I. Yeah, yeah, I hate <laughs> yeah. It, it comes to mind. And, you know, people with the whole idea of 20 and backs, there is government involvement. There is, you know, cooperation between uh, military and extraterrestrial forces. And if that is the case and you're so close to a military base where you're having these experiences throughout your life, there are some people that are going to hear this and say, he might be part of 20 and back and he's just remembering pieces of what he's telling us. Yeah, that's when I when I first heard about twenty and backs. You know, I was I don't know what I was watching. I just you know you after you go down the YouTube rabbit hole of watching you you know UFO uh, experiencers talk about stuff, then you start hearing about the twenty and backs and Corey Good and uh, you know there's other other guys obviously, but yeah, you, when I when I heard that and I thought about that dream. I, you know, I, I, I thought about it. I really thought that there could have been something there, but you know, there's still that skeptical side of me that just doesn't can't fathom that part of there being, uh, like a, my lab military abduction scenario. I do. I do think there could be, uh, military abductions i i really do but as far as 20 and backs that's an ex that's a really extravagant uh narrative in my opinion it's it would be really cool though but if i did it if i did get say if say if it was true and i got these 20 and back memories back 
what would it, you know, what would that entail? Would I be, would I have such crazy experiences and remember everything or would it still feel like, like, like it was all a dream or something? I, I, I really don't, I don't know what I would do with myself if that really happened, you know? Yeah. From what I understand with the 20 and backs and stuff, it's, it's, you're not supposed to remember it. You know, it, it's, uh, I talked mm-hmm. to Tony, Tony Rodriguez on the show years ago yeah. and, yeah. and he, he said that, you know, he wasn't supposed to remember the stuff that he's remembering, but he remembered telling himself on that side that he wasn't going to forget this. And, and then he started having these memories come back. And so it's an interesting concept. Uh, and I just, Figured I'd bring it up because I, if I, I figured if I was thinking about it, I'm sure other people would be thinking about it too. And mm-hmm. uh, I just want to bring it up. And it's cool that you, you had already thought about that stuff. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, who knows, man? Who knows? But I'll tell you what: if something else uh, bananas happens and stuff, especially if it confirms this, these grand conspiracies, you gotta let me know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like the, like I, I appreciate your skepticism about your own experiences too, man. Uh, it sounds like you're not even sold that you know, on some of your experiences. It's just like, this is what I experienced, but I am very skeptical as to, you know, what it was. You have no idea, you know, so I can appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. There's a, like a, even a quick story I could tell you. My, my ex's son, like we were, we were out one night and we were driving and, you know, we see this plane in the sky. We're at the gas station in the middle of nowhere. It's this little gas station in the middle of nowhere. And we're looking up at the sky and we see a plane flying over. And he immediately, he's just like, that's a UFO. I'm like, no, it's, no, it's not, man. It's got the green and green and red lights on it. It's got the flashing white light on it. The, you know, this is legitimate plane. You know, we can even see it. We can see the outline of it and everything. And he's like, nope, UFO. I'm like, <laughs> Like, oh man, I mean, I wonder how many people are out there that, that do that kind of stuff. You know, they just see something and immediately just, you know, go to, oh, UFO. I'm like, hey man, you got, you got to be a little bit more skeptical than that. You got to, you know, weigh your options and think about things before you fully dive into, you know, that being your decision. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I totally understand it. Uh, and I think that that has a lot to do with people and their own individual uh, thresholds and levels of belief. I mean, some people, it's you know, they hear they hear about a topic and they're just like, "Oh, that exists," and that's mm-hmm. that's their level and threshold that they're that they have where they cross into belief on topics. And then there's other people who they hear about things, they could read about things, they could even see something. And until they actually can touch the something to know they weren't imagining it, they're not willing to cross that line into belief. And so everybody has their own uh, threshold for that belief line. And uh, I've learned that over the years is different for everybody. And so uh, I think my, my threshold has been, uh, has changed over the years since I've been doing this show. I, I think I had a higher threshold. Uh, not I shouldn't say higher because that gives it a bad stigma. My my threshold was different in the sense that because of all the people I've talked to and all the things that I've heard now, I have become more aware that this world or whatever we're living in, because referring to simulation when I said it that way, um, it it uh 
it's far more complex than what I used to give it credit for. And so when somebody comes to me and shares something bonkers with me, I'm much more willing to accept it and say, yep, because I believe this this whole thing is crazy and I'm, I can't comprehend it. So what you're telling me, yep, I could believe it. You know, and so my that in that sense, my belief threshold has changed. Uh, and so, yeah, anyways, sorry, didn't mean to go into a rant rant there, but uh, you're fine, yeah. <laughs> All right, well, Cole, listen, I do appreciate coming on and sharing and stuff, and it's been interesting, uh, hearing these stories, brother. Yeah, thank you so much, Tony. I really do appreciate it. Well, that's the show, everybody. I really hope you enjoyed it. And if you did enjoy it, please share the show with your friends. I don't care where or how you share the show. Just share the show if you enjoyed it, because that's the best thing you can do to help the show grow. Thanks a lot, everybody, for tuning in this week. And until next week, stay safe, take care, and remember, the truth will set you free. But first, it'll piss you off. Bye. Push me down and I'll go high